please. At this time, I'd like to take a moment to review our boarding process with you. Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? M-I-C-K-Y-M-U-S-E Radio Your Information Station Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, Your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 561, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of that Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, my live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, community, and more. Whether you are visiting the Disney parks for the first time or you've been hundreds of times and love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you. And each week, I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Be sure to go back and listen to some of our past episodes for interviews, top tens, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and find everything over at www.radio.com. Walt Disney World is always changing, and with change can often come loss. And in nearly five decades, there have been things along the way that we have loved and, yes, lost. And being both nostalgic and sentimental, we sometimes miss a few of them and even wish they could come back. So this week, we're going to look at the top 10 little things we miss from Walt Disney World and find out why this needs to be my first ever Part one of a two-part top ten list. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming WW Radio events, meets of the month, a special discount code just for you, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax. And enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Walt Disney World is a living, breathing, ever-changing entity. And you know that Walt once said that Disneyland, and I think Walt Disney World, will never be completed. It'll be continue to grow as long as there is imagination and new Disney movies left in the world. And I always believe that the Disney parks have never been meant to be a museum or remain static. Even people like Marty Sklar and Tony Baxter have sort of talked about that idea. And the parks are always growing and evolving and maturing, which is a wonderful thing. But with that also comes change and loss. And sometimes that loss is big in terms of attractions or shows. And it also happens in smaller ways. And sometimes things go away and sometimes are even forgotten by people. I think sometimes there's also a little bit of that 
Mandela effect, not like Shaq starring in some fake movie called Kazam or Berenstain versus Berenstain Bears, but things that sometimes we think we remember but aren't really clear on that sometimes you swear that you saw. But for me, as somebody who went for the first time in November of 1971, three weeks after the park opened, little three-year-old Lou Mangello in his bad 70s clothing, thank you, Mom, was able to go back, fortunately, every year since then and have been able to see the changes and, yes, even suffer some of those losses that I think we sometimes feel and take personally because we we have such a deep emotional connection to this place and while oftentimes i feel what replaces what is lost is is even better sometimes it's the little things that we miss the most and so this week we're going to look at some of those in our top 10 little things we miss from walt disney world and speaking Get ready for the segue of something that I miss. Sometimes they might even be characters as well. Spoiler alert. Including one little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine, who I miss what I don't get to hear from or talk to. He is back this week because it's a top 10. How are you, little Timmy Foster? I'm fine. Like many of the things on the list, I have missed you. Well, I okay. I miss you too, but I'm always here. I'm a text away, so when you don't want to talk to me, I, you know. And look, we have in the past, um, we have yes. talked about some of the big things that we have lost and that we miss in Walt Disney World. And I think that when we have, um, when we have looked at those uh and that that was back on show like 142. So that it was, was 142. That yep. was a long time ago as we're at five something. I don't even know what show this number this is going to be. <laughs> but sometimes it's it's not those big attractions, but some of the smaller things along the way. And, and I want to sort of put it, I want to frame it a little bit first and put it in context. So again, I went November of 1971, when was the first time you went to Walt Disney World? Well, uh, I, not right around when you, we probably sat next to each other. Walking, we never had actually talked about this. I was there the first year at some point, and I was a little older than you. <laughs> but, um, but, but since then, I after that, my first time there was like 1990. Seven, six, seven, or something like that. So I, ha- I have a big gap where I wasn't there. The technical guy was there the first year. So, but as as a, so a my my stuff that I miss will be more, you know, relatively recent. But as a young adult, like I oh. said, you know, no matter when you first start going, I mean, there are going to be things I think on this list that are going to be impactful for people um, in terms of yes, I remember that, and I didn't realize. I miss that too. And and like on a general sense, when it comes, especially specifically to the Disney parks, are you a fan of change? Does it excite you? Does it scare you? Yes, to all of that. <laughs> now, a big fan of change, of course. And we've talked about that a lot. And um, nostalgic for sure. We've talked about that a lot. And um, 
so it's a mix of both, but it's it's always uh, like you said, with everything that goes away, an attraction or whatever, there is the promise of what's new, and so much has come that's new that's been bigger and grander and better than what's before. So um, change is uh, it's not scary, apprehensive, but but I'm confident that I will be delighted and 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 uh, enjoy more magical moments. Though I will miss things that have gone away. And I will say before we get into this, two things I'm impressed. I don't know how you got Berenstain Bears into your introduction, but <laughs> well done, sir. That was thank you. That was that was great. And um I'm not sure how to feel about this, but you you know, that we're talking about little things that we miss. And then you later mentioned that we have talked about big things, but it was the little things we missed that prompted you to say that's when you miss me more. Not but the big stuff. The little stuff is when you miss me. So I'm not quite sure how to take that. I, I will. So Thank I, you. <laughs> I so I will say this. Um, you know, when I, I asked you the question about whether it excites you yeah. or scares you, and, and my answer mm-hmm. probably would be the same. It's a little bit of both, right? Because sometimes sure. change is for good. Disney has very much earned my trust in terms of what they take away and, and what they replace it with. But I am too. I, I you know, I, I am very much a, a sentimentalist and a nostalgic. And there's things that I truly miss for no other reason than a personal emotional connection, right? They they might not have been the most popular the most attractive or attractors, but for me, there are things that I love. So I think this is going to be a very interesting discussion. And I think that because we talked about the things we missed before, these are more little things we miss. I I tried to really avoid, at least on my list, attractions and shows sort of per se. Right. As did I, and we didn't even talk. Although I probably will mention one at least i'm sure you will. it's funny though as i look through my list i realize mine are going to be yeah more things that are i personally have a emotional connection with i miss not so much i miss horizons you know so does everybody else but but yeah. i will tell you though that yeah. when we first started talking about the idea and i was sort of doing a brain dump of of thoughts I said, this is going to be really hard. There's probably only two or things are going to come on my list. Spoiler <laughs> alert, I have way more than 10 on well, I, my I list. I stopped at 10 because I know then you won't repeat what I have. But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how, how and where we go. But again, you are my friend, you are my guest, and I am wildly curious to know where you start first. I'm going – where do I always start? I'm going to Epcot, my friend. So um, – and it's fine. As, as, as I did this list, I feel like we've talked about so many before in other realms of being nostalgic or what have you. So if I repeat myself, bear with me. Go with me. Whatever. However you want to put that. One of the first things I had on my list that came to mind was Kidcot in – World Showcase. Mm. And by Kidcot, I know they're, it's still there, obviously. Um, it has changed over the years. And for quite a while now, it's been the, the, you know, the mask and the get your stamp and, and all that kind of stuff. 
um, the, the mask having changed who it is, of course. But I remember back, back, back when we first started, you actually went around and you had your little passport, which you, you can still have to get signed and so forth. But you didn't just get a stamp. You got to do a craft or some sort of art project that was unique to that pavilion. And I remember going around with my daughter when she was, gosh, must have been six or seven at the time. And um, that we uh, we did we went through every pavilion. I don't remember everything we made. One that stands out is we made a troll out of cork and and a, and pipe cleaners or something in Norway. But um, but it was so cool, and every pavilion was so different. And you had really had a chance to sit and not only work on the unique craft, but really interact with the cast members because you were there for a while. And um, coming back home with uh, you know eleven of these just really you know odd little cool funky little things from each country though, but it was you know an accomplishment to do all of them. It was fun, and I thought that was a great thing at the time because I think they just probably had started doing that not too long before um, the effort to let's make world showcase, not just a place to shop and eat for the grownups, but a fun place for kids as well. And it, that certainly made it a fun place for at least my daughter and all the other kids we saw. So um, even though kid cot is still around and doing its thing, I have a little space in my heart and missing back in the day when we actually did unique things, unique things for the I, I listen. I'm sure our lists are going to not only parallel, but but certainly affect us in the same kind of ways in terms of ah, I miss that too. And so for me, as I look at my list, I, I was sort of all over the place in terms of where I was going and where I was going to go first. But I do want to start with something that I think probably most guests actually never even knew existed. Because it did not exist on a map. It's not something that cast members would probably necessarily tell you about. You almost kind of had to know about it in order to do it. And it wasn't something that everybody could experience and enjoy. But if and when you did, man, it was something special. Because back in around 1973, so just a couple of years, probably a little less than two years after the parks, uh, after the park opened, as as Frontierland started to expand, Disney sort of um, subtly, and I don't know exactly when this began, but we talk now in in 2019 about the immersion and the interactivity as a thing opposed to things being less of a passive experience. They're a lot more interactive. They very early on um, started what I felt was pre sorcerers of the magic kingdom, pre any of these type of, of interactive cues an interactive thing that you really had to know existed there. And I am very circuitously getting to, the Tom Sawyer Island paintbrushes. Ooh. So Tom Sawyer Island, as you know, is that, and one of the things I love about the island is 
its beauty and its elegance and its simplicity. It is, for all intents and purposes, just a giant playground and you can go into the caves and explore and there's nothing electronic there. There's no screens. There's no special effects other than, you know, maybe the the, the sleeping soldier and firing the rifle from the second level of the fort. It was really a choose and make your own adventure, not just for kids, but for adults to be able to explore and, and expend the energy and climb. And, and really, it was it made me think of Walt, right? It was sort of that simple old time family fun. And one thing that Disney did, and again, I don't know exactly when it began because there really was no sort of uh, official open and close of it. But at one point, cast members used to hide every morning a small number of paintbrushes around the island. Now, this was a tribute to the scene from the story and obviously from the island set where Tom and Huck were supposed to be whitewashing the fence. And you can see, you know, Tom and and Huck wrote their names on it and then left before the job was finished. But what they did was hide these uh, paintbrushes throughout the island. And if you found one and returned it to one of the cast members who was um, uh, piloting one of the rafts, you would get a reward. And the reward you would get would be a fast pass. And usually it was a fast pass for an attraction in Frontierland. Um, And I think what it did was it added that extra element or if they saw if you saw somebody else looking around you'd be like oh what are you looking for you know it would it would generate interactivity among guests as well and it it was i don't even know when it's probably been 5 7 years now that it was discontinued um probably for a number of different reasons one of which is that they obviously don't use paper fast passes anymore uh, you never know if a guest might want to, instead of turning the, the paintbrush in, maybe take it home as a very special souvenir. But it's unfortunate that it went away because of, I, th- I think it was something special. And when you knew about it, you sort of had that thing in your pocket that you felt only you knew about. It, and you couldn't wait to get to Tom Sawyer Island first thing in the morning, which you never hear anybody say now, right? It's it's flight of passage or the dash to splash or the race to space. But for those guests that would that would make that run over to Tom Sawyer Island and get that special gift and that special experience, I true I and I and I did find a paintbrush once, once as an adult, um, very, very late in life. Um, But the paintbrushes on Tom Sawyer Island is one of the things I miss, not just for myself, but for the guests that never got to know or experience it. I I confess I'm the one who hid the paintbrushes you found. Sorry about that. (laughs) Now, you know what? I I I never found one, and my daughter didn't. I don't remember actually going to look for them, but... um, yeah, very cool. You know what? And you talking about that made me think of one. So this is totally off the cuff, and this is an absolutely go with me here one. Ha ha. But you, you kind of said something that made me think of this, and I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Because the 
the sad truth of this is, is it's kind of your fault. What did I do? <laughs> I'm remembering this isn't a thing per se. It's not a park. It's not anything to do with a park, attraction, or resort, or anything. <clears throat> if I can put this into words, right? I missed the time when you were at Disney before the internet mm-hmm. and before there was the multitude of guidebooks and and everything else. And I, I say that because, hey, that's what we do now. <laughs> but um, because that was one of those things. I, I, I remember when we first were going in the 90s. I mean, there was, you know, internet was very not really there. There was like maybe one website. I still remember the look on your face. I saw you when you had the, you were very first iPhone. You were, you were a happy, happy boy. Um, and that was years after we'd been going, but I remember, um, so those first years you'd go, there would be these secrets like the brushes Mm -hmm. and hidden Mickey's and things like that. And, um, I remember seeing, uh, the, the hidden Mickey fishing bobber in Splash Mountain, um, seeing the paint rings in Spaceship Earth, things like that. And I'd, I'd read about them in like, you know, the one book that was out at the time, or maybe the one website, but this wasn't a common thing. Like this was still, when you saw these things and you found things and discovered them, whether it was the hidden Mickey's or the paintbrushes, like you said, you kind of said you felt like you really found something and you really you're you're like in the inner circle now you know the secrets you know and um back then it was a big deal like you could take your family friends with you and point out um i'm trying to get another hidden mickey that's out well say the one in splash mountain and look look right there and they'll go Oh my God, you're a Disney genius. Look at you. Did you know Walt Disney? Like, you're amazing. And now it's it's still fun to do that, but because all this information is readily available, it's it's uh, it's neat that it's all out there and you can find it, but it does take some of the I just discovered it for myself and I'm the only one who knows magic away from it. Well, so. and I think what it did too, Tim, <clears throat> excuse me, to your point, is like the Tom Sawyer paintbrushes. It was empowering for the cast members too, right? So yeah, the next thing yeah. we're talking about is the same way. It, it's going to be something that guests didn't necessarily know about, but a cast member can almost gift you with that. Hey, you need to go with Tom Sawyer Island for this little scavenger hunt, and you'll get a certificate, and you'll get a fast pass, and all of a sudden, it you know they can give that gift to a kid who's going to drag mom and dad there, and that expression on the child's face when they're on the hunt and when they find that thing is something that you can't buy. You can't put a price on it. You can't pick it up from the Emporium, but it's one of those things that the parents and the kid or the adult who's a kid at heart is going to remember. It's, yeah, it's funny. I, I hear ourselves talking about this and I hear your children, my child, <laughs> you guys are so old. You know, (laughs) like, what do you mean? What do you mean a world without an internet? Like, what is this strange place you speak of? But it existed. Remember a guide? Remember books? (laughs) Remember when people used to take our books around the parks? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, a bunch of these are going to be like that as I'm scanning my list and we get into there like very, you know, 
hey, very nostalgic. So I miss, I love the internet. I'm not going to, I, you know, we all love the internet. I just, it was, it, it was a lot easier back in our day when we didn't have all these confounded gizmos to deal with, you know, so. And everyone's watching their phone. We talked about this, where everyone back when we were we children watching Wish or, you know, the fire wishes or illuminations or whatever fireworks were going on at the time. And first we were all looking at him. Then you had the dads with the video cameras with the big lights. And, <laughs> you know, but nowadays it's a sea of iPhone or, yeah. you know, cell phones, which is always kind of funny, but. It is amazing how rapidly stuff has changed like that and how we view the parks differently, you know, so pros and cons, but uh, I miss feeling like I'm the only one who knew <laughs> right. that those three plates on the Haunted Mansion table were hidden. <laughs> right. that was, that yeah, was I mean, the next one I'm going to is one of those things that I used to love, not just doing for my kids or my friends or my kids, but if I would be in this location... I would try and find somebody and and pay that forward to them. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. What, what is your next one? Because I'm anxious to get to, to, to the next one on my list. That was my next one. Oh, okay. Perfect. That whole that whole riff was my next one. It was just hate. It was just not loving the internet. Listen, I, and and that's a separate conversation would, about the pros yeah, and cons so, of yeah, you know, staring down do at your phone one. versus... That's cheating, and we don't do that on this <laughs> show. We piggyback. We don't cheat. We don't, it's your turn. So go ahead, my friend. So... I get, again, I'm going to turn back the Wayback Machine. I'm going to stay in Magic Kingdom again. And I'm going to bring you over to a location which has changed names. Uh, it's changed uh, in terms of what's inside a number of times. Uh, right now, I believe it's sort of an extension of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. At one point, it was known as Castle Couture. But for me, it'll always be known as Tinkerbell's Treasures. You may or may not know, I am a a huge fan of Peter Pan and the characters within. And inside Tinkerbell's Treasures, I loved, 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 loved this store. Because if you looked very carefully, it was meant to look like the interior of the Darling's home. And it was basically three small shops that were kind of connected together and a far end of the shop was John and Michael's room. And if you looked behind the counter and all the things stacked up, you could see where the parents had been chronicling their growth and their height by marking it with colors on the wall. And if you went into the next section, you could see that the wallpaper was different and it was Wendy's room. And behind the counter were these paned glass uh, windows that were opened up to the outside. You can see the silhouette of London and Peter Pan was um, sort of uh, standing in the window over a small little chest. And if your child was one of the first guests there in the morning and then eventually would just happen throughout the day, if you watched carefully and listened carefully, you used to be able to either knock on the chest or just wait as it happened throughout the day, you would hear the Tinkerbell chimes. And if you watched carefully, you would see that little chest light up 
and a, and a swirling stream of stars that would light up following Tinkerbell's path from the chest over the walls, up onto the ceiling, into the other bedroom. And if you followed it all the way around on the opposite side of the store, there would be a little um, sort of chest of drawers there and a tiny little keyhole at child or Lumangelo height. And if you looked inside at the appropriate time, it would light up and you'd be able to find Tinkerbell inside. And the idea was you were waking up Tinkerbell first thing in the morning. And if you were one of the first guests in there, the cast member, if you asked or or they reached out to you, they would give you instruction instructions on how to wake, you know, the little fairy up and follow along. And the payoff was nothing more than being able to see it, to catch it, to know what was going on there, and then to see little the little Tinkerbell inside that chest. This is the thing, Tim, that I loved being able to show guests. Now, eventually, it changed a little bit. Um, at one point, they, Tinkerbell no longer ended up in the chest of drawers, but they created a little, and man, I don't know how they did this, they created this holographic box behind the cash register where the darlings, um, the, the, the drawings of, <clears throat> excuse me, how tall they were on the wall. They created this holographic box, <clears throat> excuse me, and then Tinkerbell would fly into that box and she would appear as like a three-dimensional hologram. It was a simple, spectacular marvel of Imagineering in terms of how they did it. But she appeared out of nowhere in what appeared to be like you could almost reach out and grab her. And again, that was that was the win. That was the payoff. Um, it didn't cost anything. It you didn't have to wait online for it. There was no fast pass. There was no guide to it. But it truly was a gift for both the parents and the kids, or the parents without people without any kids when they got to experience. So cool. And, uh, you know, this is funny because it, well, no, it's not funny. It's sad because I never saw this. And um, it kind of, it, it gives me an idea for another top 10 we could do one day, Lou. Things I wish I saw. <laughs> Which could be a thing. Cause, Which, right. cause it may, be, may, it may be some of the things on this list, too. <clears throat> well, You've been there for I, since I have that huge gap in there. Of, you know, when I there, there's a lot of things you've mentioned over years, which I wish I saw, and that was one. I don't know why we never did. I, I knew about it, um, so I don't know what I was doing. But uh, so let me ask you: is 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 um, Castle Couture on your list at all? Because I, I will, I have to append this by saying oh, when this closed. By all and, means, double up on I'm, your. Uh, why? Why not? I, because sure. well, if they tie in together, because when this went away, I was really, really sad to to see it go. But when it became Castle Couture, if you remember, they had the Princess Aurora dress inside, and if again, if you if you waited long enough and you paid attention, you'd see the little kind of battle of colors between Flora and Merriweather as they change the color of the dress from pink to blue and blue to pink and the dress would change based on their commands and the sounds of 
their sort of you know fairy dust going again. It was uh, it was neat to see. It, I, I I love the 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 Tinkerbell a lot more, but it was n- nice to see those little interactive elements in there as well. And I think this ended probably, gosh. I guess it changed around 2010 or so to Castle Couture, and then it's changed uh, over the past couple of years to what it is today. Yeah, that's yeah, it's that kind of thing that's, that's cool. I, actually, I, that makes it, I'll jump to one that's sort of like that. This is nowhere on the level of yours. Is this where I'm? Wait, hold on. Yeah, this is where I want to go. Um, the same kind of a thing where you would see like a small touch of of Disney fairy tale story goodness that not many people knew about. Again, it wasn't on the map. It wasn't really known. It was just there. And mine isn't as grandiose as yours was because that, that knowing about it and then how you describe it, that was really, really cool. Um, but uh, the little thing I missed some sort of similar to that was over in Epcot uh, again. Um, and the France Pavilion of all places. And what I miss now that I liked uh, back in the day when I first started going was when they had the library and um, the other shops and stores that went along with it over behind the uh, the hedge garden courtyard area, that area. Um, and for those who don't remember, there was an area, there were shops there, but there was kind of an area that was a library uh, and a hall, you know, a grand hallway of sorts. Um, more for show than anything else, but if you looked around, it wasn't a place you went into, you know, to go get to go shopping and go get something to eat, so I'm sure a lot of guests kind of would maybe peek in and go, okay, and then would walk out, but if you looked around, this is one of those places that was filled with all kinds of fabulous details, um, which uh, if you looked around and spent your time exploring you were well rewarded by finding these things and i remember finding uh the rose under the glass mm-hmm. on the shelves and i i actually i brought up a picture of it and i can stare at it today um looking through the bookcases and finding uh the various fairy tales that we know but in french uh cinderellion and le belle et le bas La Belle et la Bat, la Bat. Boy, did I mangle that. I'm sorry, everybody speaks French, but um, and then of course the, the beautiful stained glass window um, that was in that room as well. And it was it was always a, a I had always made a point to visit that room again, even though there was within there there wasn't anything to buy or see or eat or anything like that. But um, it was also a great place to take if I was with people to take them in. And you know, it was that it, it was that kind of empowering. Like, I'm going to show you something really cool, and then you point these things out, and and ever and they're like, wow, that's really cool. Because it's what those are all these little details that they're really cool, but you don't expect them at all mm-hmm. in this location because otherwise, there's nothing spectacular about this location. It's not the entrance to an attraction. It's not the grand lobby of a resort or anything. It's just an innocuous little library in back of the store, you know, but again, filled with um, a lot of details and even a lot more than I even said, but um, those were the two I always would like to point out and 
you know, hey, look at that, look at that. And there's some, you know, a couple again, a couple of hidden Mickeys that I felt like I was the only one in the world who knew about them. And I'm going to be Mr. Magical Disney and show everybody. So um so not I, I will confess, not the same level as Tinkerbell, but uh my little princess surprise fairy tale touch thing in print. Well, and I think that's the recurring theme, right? They're unexpected, yeah. they're surprises, yeah. they are and they're gone. And they're gone. And they're not things that were, and I keep saying the same thing, they're not things that were on a map. They weren't in a guidebook. They weren't something that you had on your Excel spreadsheet, you know, that, that you needed to yeah. go to. And so so actually that'll take me to, and I'm staying in Magic Kingdom again because All right. where I'm going, and it may actually be too soon. Like I may be opening up a wound for some Ooh. people unintentionally. It's been more than five years since this has gone away, but because of the outcry, right? Now, again, we're talking early 2014. The internet is just sort of really coming into its own. <laughs> the interwebs. The interwebs are coming to its own, and people, yeah. social media, the voice and the power of social media, I think this is one of the, the times that the outcry of fans it was the the toad in for a uh, new generation and a new um a, a new time was again one of the unexpected surprises and this is actually a character that we lost and you don't hear about this a lot in terms of characters going away there are ones that are rare there are ones that don't necessarily make appearances there was one that made appearances every single day, was never on a guide map, was a complete surprise, and more importantly, was very much a delight for people. When they met this character that they fell in love with, probably having never even know, knew, known that he existed before they went. I'm taking you to Tomorrowland and Memories oh. of Push... The talking trash can. Oh, wow. I thought you, I totally thought you were going somewhere else. So good. I'm afraid to ask where you thought I was going. You could tell me at the end. But so Push was <laughs> a trash can, a typical Walt Disney World, you know, gray with the, with the blue accent trash can that lived slash worked in Tomorrowland and not just in Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, but he had actually. Uh, he was actually found in uh, Disneyland, uh, California Adventure, Hong Kong. I think he actually also is in Tokyo and possibly Paris for a while. Going back to early 1995, and if you've never met Push before, he would look like any other ordinary trash can until he literally would come to life and start rolling around Tomorrowland. There was no handler. There was no character attendant. Magically, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but magically, Push would walk around and talk to guests, not with recorded dialogue, but literally be interacting with guests, being able to listen and respond. Uh, okay, enough time has gone by. Maybe this is a spoiler. There was a a uh, someone that had a remote control that looked like a normal guest with a little kind of uh, messenger bag on the side and, and a, 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 an apparatus that could be able to, to 
uh, broadcast his voice, a microphone so he could broadcast his voice. So he would be able to watch from a distance and talk and interact with guests. And it was fascinating to see the surprise of guests when this character came to life and the the groups of people that would gather around and take pictures with Push. I'll never forget, we had a meet of the month in Tomorrowland during Marathon Weekend, and Push came over from Tomorrowland <laughs> to the noodle station while we were there. It was like the <laughs> coolest thing ever. And he roamed around Tomorrowland talking with guests, making jokes until early 2014. So uh, about almost 20 years um, uh, Push was in Magic Kingdom. Now, why Push eventually went away, um, we don't know, right? Contracts, look, the reality of, of the situation is contracts with performers and, and musical acts end all the time, and sometimes it's time to move on. Obviously, I don't know the intricacies of it. Uh, what was interesting about it, though, was that when the rumors of push going away started to make their way around said internets. It was one of the first times I can remember that there was not just an outcry of support, but there was a save push campaign that existed primarily on the Twitter and it was hashtag save push. And this was, I remember the story being picked up on, you know, sites like, Gizmodo and and io9 like some of the big other non-disney sites were picking this up because of the the trending that it was gathering on social media there was this push no pun intended to save push and it was fascinating to watch just from a social and sociological perspective and unfortunately despite the campaign that supposedly had you know thousands and thousands of names on it um push went away now push also had some relatives he had some cousins go if you remember in disney's animal kingdom there was a um a recycling bin version known as pippa that was there and there was also a talking palm tree that was located outside the entrance to Animal Kingdom with the wonderful name of West Palm. So, <laughs> the, 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 right? You see me, right? Um, but I loved these. And, and I may have known some of the people who were um, <clears throat> friends with Push. And um, I was really, really sad to see it go because I loved watching the the personalized interactions between push and guests it wasn't a recorded spiel or narration the 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 communication that they had the interaction that they had was uh, personal to every single guest so it made it um it made it all the more special i i still for one you know Every now and then, I'll kind of tap on a trash can just to see if pushes happen to come back. I was going to ask you if you go around looking in trash cans to see if... if, uh... I I do, and quick spoiler alert, because there is one in Walt Disney World that does not walk and talk, but there is one that will um, 
that does have recorded dialogue. Do you know what this is? That has recorded dialogue when you push put something in the receptacle. No, I was actually going to ask you. There's a drinking fountain. There was a drinking fountain. There still thing? is a drinking fountain, and there's still also a trash fountain. can. The last time I was there a few months ago, he is still. I will give you this. He's in Epcot Center, in the future world, inside of a building. I know where I'm going next time. Do you know I mean, what? There's know. a lot of buildings. Do you want me to tell you where it is? Let me guess. You got five no, seconds. No. Four. I'm going to one of the interventions buildings. You're close. It's in the electric umbrella. That's one of the interventions buildings. On the side where the restroom is <laughs> next to the old intervention. Well, do we have to yes! call We have to call the old interventions now. There's Hold a trash it. can there that when you put something in, the trash can talks to you. Oh. I'm going. So it's not recorded. It, it, it's recorded. It's not a live interaction, but it's care. a. Um, it it gives me memories and all the feels. For, look, only at Disney can you say that I love and I miss a trash can. I was gonna say you get the feels, the feels <laughs> from a trash can. It's that's magical. That can only happen at Disney. Yep. I swear to you. I'm actually curious why. And maybe you know, and maybe they're out there, and I don't know, because there was the ones you mentioned, and you know, we know the technology of interacting with the a seemingly character that can interact with you does interact with you, Crush or Monsters Inc. Laugh or that kind of thing. Like, oh, I wonder why um, there aren't more put like push may be gone, but why there aren't others or well, even more now that that's. So I'm gonna I'm gonna triple up, right? I'm gonna do a triple Lindy here. I'm oh, gonna triple up. Can I get one? Jeez. <laughs> well, because you brought it up, because there were other sort of living character you <laughs> initiatives. Because I do also miss. Do you remember the Muppet Mobile Lab? Rumors. The Rumors. Muppet Mobile Lab and yeah. Lucky the Dinosaur. Yes. So the yes. Muppet Mobile Lab originated in. Um, Epcot. This was something that was designed by Imagineering and sort of based on a Segway type platform. And it was this little two wheeled rocket ship looking laboratory with Bunsen, Honeydew and Beaker. And there was nobody around operating it. It was being operated from a, a distance. And this was sort of that next level of the different uh, of the living character initiative, which, like you said, started off with things like Turtle Talk with Crush, uh, Laugh Floor, Lucky the Dinosaur was again this free roaming dinosaur that appeared at a California Adventure, but started off in uh, Dino Land USA in Animal Kingdom in only for a couple of months in summertime of 2005 before he went over to. Hong Kong to celebrate the opening of that park. He was remarkable uh, in terms of how lifelike he um, looked. And and he was sort of that first free roaming audio animatronic figure. Um, And if he had this like flower cart behind him that had the computer and the power supply in it, but he moved and he vocalized and he interacted with guests and yeah, all those kind of things uh, we haven't seen it in a long time, but I would love to see come back. And I went way too long. I'm sorry. 
No, I, I get excited. I, I, if there are more in our future, and why it because there seemed like an odd gap where there were quite a few, and then not. So, uh, but hey, it's Disney, so things can happen anytime. You could walk in tomorrow, and the um, the postal box on Main Street might yell at you. Or something. Well, at D twenty three Expo years ago, a uh, long—I mean, I'm talking one of the first ones, two thousand seven, two thousand. They were they had a Wally there that oh, was that. part. See, they could they they. The problem yeah. with Wally, Tim, was that, and this is. Unofficial. This is from what I understand is that to in order to make Wally so lifelike, so realistic, so to scale, he was very, very heavy. And the problem was that he, if he moved and you got a, you know, a guest foot caught under the tread or something like that, yeah. it, it would have potentially been an issue if he was roaming around and, and, you know, ran over somebody or something like that. that's, you know, again, that's me speculating, but, but seeing him at Expo and watching him interact and emote the way Wally does was remarkable. It was that film really had come to life. I guess they could make it work. They could. And hopefully, look, I'm still holding out hope. So I don't know. I don't know if that was a D23. Totally. I've been telling people, I don't know why. This has nothing to do with our list, but you mentioned <laughs> D23. And I remember when we were there together and I was there with my daughter and stuff. And I just tell people about it and I just leave them with um, the comment that, uh, yeah, I was in a, in a room with Robert Downey Jr. It was awesome. <laughs> and then I just leave the conversation. <laughs> um, spoiler to everyone else. There were 20,000 of my closest friends in the same room, but that's okay. So, um, But it gets good. Where am I going to get? See, I feel like you, you had, yours were awesome. Mine are all stupid. Oh, you're all stupid. Man. They're not stupid. Uh, you know what? You know what? Um, you talked about, though, push and the notion of why and contracts and things like that. And you, you made me think of one that I totally didn't have on my list. I miss them so much. The British Invasion. Oh, yeah. And um, I know there's another band there now. And they're great, I guess. But I never really go over and watch them because now they're wonderful and they're great but i i'm as i've said a million times i'm a huge beatles freak as well as a disney freak so that was so cool and they they were there pretty much when we started going like in the 90s when i started going they were there and they were gosh they were there um i don't know when they left uh not not that long ago i mean years but not not terribly long ago <laughs> And to me, that was a staple of my trip. I even I, I go back and look through. I have I have this right on my my table here. Like we would keep journals of our of our trip. Like we would take a blank book and write down. Uh, you know, we went to Kid Cot and Michelle spilled iced tea on Dad and it rained. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And I wrote. I literally wrote like the British Invasion set list. August 2019 and I wrote like every song down that they did and um, uh, and again if you were a fan and there's, I think there's a few Beatles fans out there um, who uh, especially if you never saw them when that and that's a lot of people you know um, that was the closest most people would get to you know like a tribute band and they were great um, and uh I 
I would always go like two, three times a day. I check the show times and stuff and write it all down. And I remember when they left and, you know, reading about the, you know, the contracts and things and the real, the real world intruded on my Disney Beetle magic. And I was upset. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, you brought that to me and you said that. And I, I didn't even have them on my list. And you made me remember, oh my God, I, that was like, that was half my trip back in the nineties. I would just always go to the UK pavilion and watch, you know, so I cheated. Now, since you've done like three in a row, go ahead, knock yourself out. Uh, what else? I, I see, I'm going to do, cause this has to do with you sort of Yikes. little, Yikes. L- l- uh, friend. L- I was going to say little Luman Jello. That's not nice. Um, do you remember, this is a personal little trivia question between us. Ha ha ha. The first, I asked you a trivia question because you were the trivia guy. You are the trivia guy. You're, you're, you know, <laughs> I was going to go on, but I don't want to <laughs> huff you up anymore. Um, but I, I, not knowing you too well, this was back in the day when I was walking around, you know, with my little book in my arm and all that kind of stuff. I think I emailed you a trivia question. Do you remember? This is a test of our friendship, by the way, in front of, millions of people do you remember what that trivia question was that i asked you i don't i i want to pretend that i do and i'm trying to sort of rack my brains (laughs) tim it was a long i mean that was 2005 sorry somewhere around oh you're gonna you're gonna play the long time ago card i see there's been so many amazing time memories in our friendship (laughs) that i can't remember them all go ahead what was the question and i to love the fair, fact that you remember this might have not been the first question i asked you but i remember asking you what's up with the seemingly purposeless circle behind the international gateway to epcot what is that i'd asked you that and um i have that on my list because um i don't know why and it's weird and I don't know why it's on my list, but that was one of those, one of those places. Again, it's not even a place, really. There's nothing there. There was nothing there. Um, but we would stay at Epcot a lot. That was one of our. That still is one of our favorite places to stay when we go. So we were frequent visitors, uh, leaving and departing, or entering and departing Epcot through the National Gateway. So we would always walk through this area. Um, and if I if I wasn't clear on what the area I'm talking about, it was the right as you went out uh, before you got to the boats. This big oval um, mm-hmm. loop, more or less, had a big grass field in the middle, and um, uh, seemingly looked like it would be a bus station or something, but seemingly had no purpose. And um, it's just uh, a cool. I just remember it being just a cool place and it took me a while to figure out what it actually was um, i guess once upon a time they were running trams to the resorts in epcot till they there actually they used to be a canopy that. over that uh, there was a yeah ca- a i remember that, that. and yeah. i i remember I, I guess that's the thing like i remember that way back when that was all kind of there and then it slowly you know stuff with that would disappear and sometimes we'd go christmas and it would be uh closed off for a, uh, like a DVC event or something, you know, but, um, but till very, very recently it's been there and it was always, uh, 
I guess it to me was just a nostalgic, comforted thing. Like it's one of the f- earliest memories of going to Epcot was just seeing this interesting, cool, beautifully manicured place with seemingly no purpose. And it was kind of a puzzle, but kind of a neat thing and kind of what it was. And and I would always walk by it even, you know, as recently as, uh, you know, last year, whenever they started to close it off. And yeah, put a little little sparkle in my heart, a little pep in my step as I walked by. I don't know why. It's silly. It's just this an old memory we had. And now it's going – and it's, it's one of those things. It's going bye-bye. It's actually going to serve a purpose. But I'm excited about the purpose it's going to serve. So it's this isn't a case there – I'm mad it's gone and how dare they do it. It wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even a thing to take away. It was like putting a tree up in the parking lot or something. But uh, this is a case where it was I'm not sad to see it go because I'm excited about what's coming with the Skyliners and all that kind of stuff, which is going to be super cool. But um, uh, just one of those uh, ever changing landscape details because everything's always changing. That was that one little spot for me that just somehow had a soft spot in my life. Well, I think it's the it's sort of that remember when, like, oh, do you remember yeah. when this used to be here? And I do remember. <clears throat> excuse me, I remember it wasn't, and it didn't operate for long because again, you're going back to probably you know the the late two thousands, yeah, twenty two thousand eight, nine, ten. I think it probably went. They probably stopped them around. Gosh, I don't even know when they ended, but there used to be a tram system that ran yeah. from the International Gateway to the Epcot Resorts. Um, so the next time you're walking by, you'll see that there's the permanent green stanchions that are there now, and there's also the green gate that used to close. They would actually store the uh, the trams there, and there was the the canopy area. And there was a transportation system. I mean, it was a conveyance as opposed to an attraction. Now, obviously, it's yeah. the the Skyliner station. But I think that's you know I think that's a great example of it. Just meant something to you because you re- remember what it looked like back then. Was that your favorite thing to do when you went to Epcot? No. Did you probably walk half the time? Sure, because you could walk down. But that's why there's the yeah. pathway down by the water is because that's the way you would have to walk if you did not want to take yeah. the, uh, the tram system. Right. That's fine. I, I, um, I think when I was going, the tram system had long since stopped working when we first started going. Cause um, um, I've I mentioned this, that path you talk about, that's like one of my favorite places to walk like under the bridge. And I will seek that out. That is a must-do on my trip. But I guess, yeah, as you say it, there was a purpose for that at one point, as opposed to just being, you know, just another way to get right. under the right. uh, over over under the bridge or what have you. Always amazed. No one never really realized that was there or realized how cool it was. But uh, you know, but the, it's an ever-changing it's an ever-changing world, Lou. We got to adapt or be and, stuck. And- you know, looking at trash cans. And so, you know, you're... I, I'm going to tell you, this next one is really tough. This next okay. one is actually oh. really tough for me. Okay. Um, because of... it, it. It's... I miss it for very personal reasons, 
but the reason why it's not there is is very difficult. Um, and I will preface this by by saying, uh, you know, obviously I am I'm incredibly sensitive to what happened and and why it, it's over. But I want you to think about it. If you were ever able to experience this, you may also miss it the same way. Because as a little kid, um, I remember coming here. We would drive down every year from New Jersey. If you're, and sometimes my parents would actually let me sometimes bring a friend with me. I have a, a, a brother who's six years younger. And the thing that, that I loved about, I don't know why I'm getting choked up. The thing that I loved about Disney World was that even after a day at the parks, a lot of times we would stay at the Polynesian or that we'd stay at the Contemporary because especially as kids, that that was the only thing that was there. Mm. My mom was always very super overprotective, right? I'm 51 years old. She's still overprotective. And <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but it was a place that they felt so safe that even when the, the night was over, when I left, you know, when I was done playing video games, one of the things that I loved to do, and they trusted me, this was sort of the, I, I felt like a big boy, right? Because they trusted me to go with my brother or go with my friend. And all I wanted to do, <clears throat> I don't know, stupid. All I wanted to do was ride the monorail. And what you used to be able to do was ride up front. Mm-hmm. And there was something special about asking, hey, would it be okay if I rode up front with the monorail pilot? And I remember one night I was, uh, Brian Hatfield, wherever you are, man, we were friends in Cub Scouts and and it, kids in grammar school. We rode up front with that pilot, Tim, for hours. That poor pilot, I am so sorry because I'm sure I asked you a million questions, but it was just the coolest thing in the world. Or like you said, when you took your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your whomever, and say, hey, come on, we're going to go ride up front because there was the opportunity for guests, if you asked, to ride up front in the nose of the monorail. And the seats were sort of in this sort of V-type shape and being able to look out over the dome and talk to the monorail pilot or sometimes they would even let you, you know, go and look at or sit by the console. It was something you couldn't buy you couldn't win but if you asked for it it was so like the monorail pilot was like the coolest job in the world to me and obviously i'm sure you know in in it was july 5th 2009 i remember it vividly um monorail pink and monorail purple were involved in a collision that proved fatal for one of the monorail pilots and from that day forward being able to ride up in front of the monorail um, has been an experience that has never happened again and, and probably for understandable safety reasons never will um, ever again. And I don't want to go into the to the details of the accident. I'm trying to keep this in terms of what that was and that it was a little thing that I loved so very much and I miss and I miss being able to share that with my kids and and have them experience it and, and that truly special feeling of being able to ride up front in the monorail. Yeah, that that's that's a tough. I I, I did get the chance to do that as well, and you, everything the way you described it was exactly right. And 
yeah, it's tough to talk about, but yeah, I, I remember that and how cool it was. And I, was I was actually trying to think if there's um, a uh, sort of the same, not not the same, same, but uh, an equivalent kind of thing to do now. Um, the, not so much. Actually, the thing that came to mind is it, this isn't even a this list thing, but the idea of um, on an, more on an attraction on most times knowing as some people don't know that you can ask to be in the front, like Space Mountain. I just did it again with my daughter. You know, can we sit in the front? And you can't. Um, um, and a lot of attractions they let you do that. So again, not not really the same thing, but it's it's and and you can still do it. So this really doesn't qualify on this list of things I miss. But um, um, but I guess a part of that goes back to well, one it was a, it was a very cool thing to do and um to experience um but it, it was that empowering thing where you, you could you know hey come on you know i got a secret and you know it was it was a very cool thing but um like i said so i i i toyed with putting that on my list but didn't really want to i'm, I'm actually glad you did bring it up but like there's you know sad part to that tale obviously so but yeah, I remember but, you used to get a. Uh, they would give you, you know, a pilot's license too. They would give you a. Um, yeah, they would I give kids a monorail pilot's actually license. Actually, still somewhere, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, yeah, very calm. But I'm glad you brought that one up. So, um, how many did since you did like seven? And I did two. <laughs> I did that one. I did that one. I was I I was like you, know, and I was deliberately staying away from. I think we have both. This is one time where we uh, no, we never talk about these, and you usually make rules that ruin everything I did. But you didn't really do it this time, and we both had the same rule unspoken that we weren't going to do like attractions that closed or restaurants that closed or big things like that, just little things. And um, trying to think, what's the li- what's the littlest tiny detail on mine? Oh, all right, this one's funny. All right, so I'll do this. Um, Splash Mountain. That's still there, by the way. It is? <laughs> oh, it's that big. Oh, yeah. Now, what I miss, and uh, I think you and I and a couple of your your friends, not my friends anymore, had a, I kind of <laughs> led you all on an unfortunate experience and attraction where I made you all get wet and ducked behind all of you successfully and stayed dry, which is awesome. Now, the, just a little tiny thing, and... Um, this may come and go, or it may be permanently like this. I'm not sure, but I remember back in back in the day, um, you could sit, you could sit in the front and not get too wet. You could sit in the back and definitely not get that wet at all. And I remember uh, back when they had, I don't even remember what they called them. Uh, what extra magic hours now for twelve bucks? I don't think they called them that. They think they called them something else. They, well, there was e. There were e ride nights, e ticket yeah, nights. I that, mean, there was that, a, that, yeah, e ride yeah, night is that, probably what you're talking about. That's the one. And when they legitimately weren't a lot of people in the park, so I remember being on Splash Mountain, and I love Splash Mountain. Looping on it, that there were so few people on there, and you could because I wouldn't get I. Per my last point, there'd be nobody in line. They said, "Go ahead, sit in the front." I said, "Can I sit in the back?" Oh sure, yes, in the back, so I could stay dry and go around. But um, 
at some point they just decided, you know, this is Splash Mountain. You're getting wet no matter what. You can do all you want. But when you go around that first hill and you go around the drop and you see everybody go, yeah, we're going to kind of dump a bucket of water on your head as you go by. And I went on again. So for a while I didn't go on it because I was usually not really in the mood to get soaked, you know. So, um, and for all I know, they, they maybe stopped doing that and then started and stopped or it was random. They just did it too many times. I just gave up. And I went on, uh, last time I was down there, um, I, I was on, I went to the, I wrote a thing about this, my evening practically by myself in the magic kingdom, which was so cool. And I thought, all right, I'm going to try splash mountain. I wonder if they're still doing it. <laughs> yep. Soaking wet at midnight, which was great. <laughs> so the little, the little tiny thing I miss and, and you can correct, you can happily correct me if I'm mistaken in my belief that you are going to get this every time you go on that just turn that, one off that jet that just goes off they just get randomly wet like you would before <laughs> is that silly is it stupid is Listen, it is it when it's when it's you know 22 degrees outside which it which, which it is all the time lot. in florida obviously it's a lot down there it's it's and it's night you might not be in the mood to get up but i love the attraction i did i uh I think a couple have eclipsed it since since then, but for the longest time, I would see you ask what my favorite attraction was. That was it. And I mean, the drop was fun and awesome and everything else, but it was the interior of the attraction that I loved. It was like the classic Disney dark ride on a flume. I always loved flumes. Um, and it was long. It take It's like 10, 12, whatever minutes to go through. And you see all these amazing scenes and animatronics and, I just want to enjoy it and not have to pay that hefty price. Like I would like to go through the Tower of Terror and see the special effects, but I can. And we've talked about that too many times. Listen, I would never say I would never say you're wrong or crazy because they are. This is a very subjective list, and they are things that are personal to you. Uh, and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a one person out there that agrees with you. Uh, I don't think. So. Maybe not. A lot um, of cries of get a poncho, big baby, hide behind Lou like you did the first time. Maybe, yeah. All you? those things crossed my mind. You, know. It, you know what's interesting, Tim, is so we've been at this for, you know, we've been at this for a little. I have so many more on my oh, list. I do too. And I, I like, I don't know. know. Is this a two parter? Is this a. Yes. Yes. Is it the for the first time ever a two part top ten? Because there are so many on here, yes. and I and I think that there are stories to be told with each. I will. I won't. I, I'm not going to go through any more on my list. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you one more, just to come well, full circle, um, because I really well, don't want. I don't want to end with your getting wet on Splash Mountain. <laughs> uh, you want me to come to, to the table with something real? <laughs> All right, I am. I'm going to come to the table with something real, but I will put out there. If we're going to do a part two, we're going to do a that. part two. I, I'm I'm deciding this on the fly because I'm looking through right. my list and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to rush through some of these, but I want to. I'm going to end with one 
that I think. Wait, you said you were done. I am done, but I want to end with one that we can talk about. I want to end with that two. I bring up. <laughs> you just brought one up. <laughs> you just brought one up. Oh wait, you talked about splash. I just talked about splash. That's right. You no, went this... first, so I get to go last. <laughs> no, I don't. I I I can be I can be done. Okay, so let's we'll, let's talk about this one together. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about this one together. I, I okay. like your I like your thinking because this way it it won't be my fault. Correct. So. So we were, again, let's come full circle in terms of, you know, as we move forward into the opening of Galaxy's Edge, the introduction of new attractions, increases in technology, the Play Disney Parks app, the way it interacts with Galaxy's Edge, the storytelling element and the personalization of it. You can bring something into the parks that truly enhances your experience. It is not the first time that you were able to do that. And I want to take you back to, gosh, I'm trying to think even, I don't even know when it started, um, uh, when this actually began. I'm going to say probably... 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. And I want to know, Tim, and look, mm. you go to the, the rite of passage for going to a Disney theme park for yourself, for your kid, uh, a gift to bring home is the Mickey plush, right? Everybody had a Mickey plush, has gotten or given a Mickey plush. But what you may have had or may have given or watched your child enjoy was one that was a little bit plussed and his name was Pal Mickey. Yeah. Pal Mickey was an interactive Mickey plush that when you used it inside the park would seemingly randomly offer you tips and information based on where you were in the parks. So it had this sensor that was built in and throughout the park, there were hidden these sort of RFID type um, um, location-based indicators. So inside this plush was a computer and there were speakers. I think like the eyes were the speakers. And while you were waiting in line or walking around the parks, you or your children could play games with this pal Mickey. It would um, laugh and vibrate when it had something to say. And then you could like squeeze its hand. And I think it had like seven or 800 different phrases that it would say at various times throughout the park. So depending on where you were in the park, Pal Mickey would come to life. It would ask if you wanted to play a game. It would tell you a joke. It would say one of these uh, literally hundreds of phrases. And they were only about only they were about $50 or so. Or you used to be able to rent them for for the day. They were like 10 bucks to rent. You had to put a deposit down. You could keep it overnight. And if you didn't bring it back, it's yours. Like you, you kept it. And you could have a... Um, 
it had a clip, like you could clip it onto your belt or clip it onto your backpack or your stroller. And throughout, over time, there were additional, um, basically software upgrades to the Pal Mickey. So I remember when the happiest celebration on earth came back in 2005, they had a, a, a special version of it with, um, it had like gold buttons and, and, um, I think there was also a sorcerer costume that you could buy for it as well. Maybe that came out a year or so later. I know they made a Spanish language one at some point. And then for a little while, probably 2006, 2007, they made a number of different costumes for them, like an Animal Kingdom safari one and a pirate one and a Santa one. They were like $10, $12, something like that. And they stopped making him and selling him in about 2008 or so. And I don't know why. Um, There was always rumors of a newer version of Pal Mickey coming. And supposedly they were upgrading the infrastructure inside the parks. I think obviously with the explosion of cell phones and the interactivity that it could bring without having to um, uh, have that physical plush with you, um, especially if you were an adult, maybe that's why. But it worked for like six, seven years beyond that until like late 2014, early 2015, the pal Mickey uh, continued to work. And then they um, they discontinued the infrared technology and replaced it for the RFID, which obviously is now present inside the Magic Bands, was not obviously present inside the Pal Mickey. Um, did you ever have one? Did you know somebody that had one? <coughs> I'm trying to stifle the cough. I have a cough button. I didn't use it. Um, no, I didn't have one. The, the funny thing, though, uh, I I use. <laughs> I hate to admit this. I used Pal Mickey as a point of argument when I got in a Wikipedia fight with somebody over Cinderella's golden carousel. Every part of that sentence is wrong, by the way. <laughs> no, why? You got into a Wikipedia fight with somebody. Again, I even... Defending, look, I was defending Disney's honor because someone was being, acting the fool, as my daughter would say. And I, 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 was, I won't get into what it was about, but I, I used... Pal Mickey in my defense because he supported my argument. You know, without knowing what I'm talking about, I kind of can see that sounds totally ridiculous and stupid. So forget it. I said <laughs> it. Uh, I, no, I did not have my very own Pal Mickey because I asked you all my questions and you did. <laughs> I was your little, I was the same thing. You could have put you me on a clip pal, and attached me to your back. <laughs> I remember I Velcroed you to the, the stroller. It was awesome. Right. But he, I remember he used to like play games at like, um, do you remember the old game Simon, like the electronic game Simon's or the, the following? The pa- you used yes. to play that a Simon type of game. There was a um, there was some kind of like a trivia game or something with with characters, like with the with the Disney characters. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he like it was so advanced for what it was. Right, there was no screen, there was no nothing, but he played these games and kept you engaged and involved without, um, especially for kids, it was something great for them to do while they were, um, while they were in line. Um, 
and it was a little friend. You know, it was a little friend that that the uh, that kids had. He absolutely was your pal. Um, so, and I know people that still have the pal Mickey's. Like I said, they 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 don't work anymore inside the parks. But um, I'm assuming yeah. if you put it like I'm assuming if you opened it up and put it like on demo mode or something, there, there's got to be some type of um, uh, you know phrases that it would say or something like that. But but pal Mickey, I remember was was super super cool. I remember. I could almost swear that I had bought one for my daughter um, who was born in, in 2003. Who knows if it's in the garage somewhere. Um, but I, I thought it was really neat and I was surprised that it eventually was discontinued. I think they could bring back a, 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 a version of Pal Mickey now and it would still be wildly popular. Sure. Begs the question, why don't they? Do you see, there's an opportunity. So, the, so if there if there's a demo mode for Pal Mickey, for your your conjecture, and the batteries in the one you think you may have still have a little bit of life in them. So, <laughs> let me get this straight. It's possible you could be walking through your garage, and through a, a muffled voice somewhere in the corner, it's the middle of the night. You're already scared because you can hear the haunted mansion howling thing going in the background. <laughs> You you hear a oh boy that swell coming out of a box, you'd freak, wouldn't you? You would lose your. But that's <laughs> you know I've heard some weird things coming out of my garage in the past. So <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even crack the top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe top ten weirdest things I've ever heard uh, coming right. out of my garage. But listen, that's a pretty good Mickey though. I got it. You got that was that was not the worst Mickey I, I've ever heard. So if I ever hear I that again in my garage, I know it's either Pal Mickey or Timmy Foster is lost among the. Because uh, you know, I I do sleep there once in a while. You don't know it. <laughs> But if you're lost among the things I haven't put up on eBay yet, so. Well, that's why. That's why some of your cereals missing sometimes. <laughs> but look, I I think we need to absolutely do a a a part two to this top ten. I don't even know if we've covered ten. It doesn't matter. But there's a lot more that I have on my list. I know Tim has on his list, and I'm sure you our friend the listener have on your list. So I want to know from you. Either A, which of the things we talked about do you remember, do you miss? Share a memory of one of these things with us, with the WW Radio family and community. Go to www.radio.com slash community. That'll take you to our Box People group on Facebook. We can have that conversation there. Or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Let me hear you share your memory or memories of some of the little things we talked about that we missed from Walt Disney World or even one maybe that we haven't gotten to as yet. I will tell you, spoiler alert, I had, I from a simple just brain dump, I had 30 on my list. Wow. You know, I had 10 and I kept going off the list. And I think my original 10 are still on there. So. And some of them I have to take off because I think they start to blur the line into things that were actually attractions. So I will, in, right. in keeping with my own rules, I will, I will not talk about those next time. But there are some that I'm really excited to talk about, some that I think are fun because I wonder if 
anybody else will even remember them if it's something that <laughs> there's one on my list. I'm like, nobody is going to get this. Like, why would this be on anybody else's list other than mine? And I will tell you, it, and notice not a single mention of food. <gasps> That's true. Wait, how long? Wait, I'm going to change that when we get to part two. Don't worry. But <laughs> oh, I'm just wondering how long. Wait. I'm going to no, I don't want to touch my computer for fear of disconnecting because I don't know how this thing works. No, you. Yeah, that's right. No food. No Nothing? food. I'm going to I mean, I'm going to change that when we get to part two. Have no fear. Wow. So something didn't feel right. Yeah. Whole, and that's what that's, it is. So that's what it was. it's the tease. It's the um, it's the cliffhanger for next time. Um, so, Tim, you've got to come back. Obviously, we've got to get this oh, yeah. uh, part two. <laughs> I hope I hope I can come back. Because, <laughs> um, again, like I said, one of the things that I miss. But you know what's something that I never missed, Tim Foster? I have An never issue? missed a single issue oh. of Celebrations Magazine. Uh, that's Look great. at that segue. Come on. <laughs> that's great. Now, Is there anything I, I new should... and exciting that we shouldn't miss Coming from celebrationspress.com. There's, there's lots of new and exciting, but I'll preface this by saying this is one time I can, I can, I can, uh, I can do a, but I want to hear from you, the celebrations reader, what you think. Cause I will say when we were coming up with this idea, I done, you know, this Lou, because you read my blog posts regularly. I know you do. So borderline you religiously, but, of course. But for if you those who didn't, I just actually did do a post about sort of this very topic, things I missed the most, and it kind of delved into littler things. And um I plucked a nostalgic nerve. Uh I've got a lot of great responses of people their own ideas too. So I, I invite anybody out there who who uh, knows wants to go to celebrationspress.com and find that blog? Chime in with uh, to there with your thoughts as well, and you can see what other people have thought. And I might bring some of those to the table, like ones that um, I wasn't even that thinking of that other people said. Hey, I remember this. Like, oh, psh, yeah, I, I remember that that kind of thing too. So, um, as far as what's new, and exciting. There's lots of new and exciting. There's for one thing, Lou. It's uh, uh, it's pretty warm up here in, in, in Philadelphia. I understand it's, it's a little balmy down in Florida right now. Is that correct, sir? It's Animal Kingdom hot all it's day, Animal every day, hot. everywhere. It, it is July. That means it's Christmas in July. Did you know that? I did, It is actually. Christmas in July. So we are actually having a big, big Christmas slash Halloween. We're sneaking in there special um, for anybody who subscribes or renews a subscription. Or what have you? Um, you get your choice free of one of our collectors' books, one of our Christmas books or Halloween books, and a uh, print of Cinderella Castle suitable for phrasing, for framing. Um, I sent you this link earlier today, so you can share it with all of your readers if they'd like to come on over. This would be great time to <clears throat> get on the celebrations bandwagon and get a free book and all that cool stuff. Um, and I will say, I'm not sure when. Gosh, we're only weeks away. We're, I think I talked about this before. WDW Cupcakes. Have I mentioned this on your show before? Probably. Probably. But if please, I did, please, I, I'm not sure because this is, it's been kind of a secret. But please we were mention be again. A, I mean, quickly, but mention it again. Be, very quickly, we're going to launch an all-new website <laughs> in August called WDW Cupcakes. 
celebrating the sweeter side of Disney. Lou, that means food. I know you'll be all over it, and I, I, I want I want to. You need to be there. I just want your picture on there, if nothing else. But uh, um, you had me at cupcakes. Cupcake. I had you a cupcake. So lots of more details to come, but that's our big exciting thing that's coming out um, in a few months book special course and our new issue is going to be coming out with star wars and halloween food wine all the good stuff so come on over to celebrations press check it out and and i can't wait to do part two of this now i'm super stoked so i am as well and listen these are so much fun I, i love sort of getting nostalgic and sharing our stories and i and i really do want to hear the stories from you of the things that you, listener, miss from Walt Disney World because I think these things are are so subjective, so personal, but are ones that certainly resonate with others as well. Timmy Foster, I I yeah. I love I love you, man. I appreciate you um, for fourteen, however many years we have been doing this. Um, I I appreciate you being here and sharing our top 10 is is so much of a misnomer at this point, but it doesn't even matter because it's it's about having fun. And that is what it's all about. So I look forward to hearing what's next on your list and sharing what I have else in mind. I guarantee you I I can't guarantee you, but I think there's something (laughs) people are going to go the what you remember you care about. Yes. Yes, I do. See now I'm all I'm all a tingle of wondering what that is. I'm gonna have to wait with everybody else. I'm not going to I'm not gonna spoil And I don't wanna know. I'm not gonna You're good at spoilers, but I don't wanna know. So don't forget, share your thing. Share what you miss from Walt Disney World and stay tuned for part two coming soon. I am hungry, by the way. Let's just be clear. Just because I didn't mention food this week, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that food was not on my mind the entire time. Is this on the show? It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details. Sometimes know what you see or hear, yes, maybe even taste. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win the Disney Prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we visited and had our full review of the new Grand Destino Tower at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, where you could take advantage of the nearby main pool area called the Dig Site, which represents an archaeological find of an old Mayan temple in the lost city of Cibola. And your question last week was to tell me, what's the name of that iconic Mayan temple and waterfall found in the main pool area? Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, or were witty and or creative in your answers. The one I was looking for was the Pyramid of the Sun, which is not just a 50-foot-high iconic centerpiece of the pool, but hidden behind it is the Jaguar-themed 123-foot-long water slide. There's also great hieroglyphs and hidden Mickeys in there. Anyway, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for all of my digital products, the 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World book, all seven of my 
virtual audio walking tours of the secrets, stories, and history of the Magic Kingdom, all of which, by the way, you can find in iTunes as well as on Amazon. I'm also going to send you a WW Radio vinyl sticker, a pop socket, and a WW Radio t-shirt. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Tyler McKenzie. So, Tyler, thank you. Congratulations. I've had your shipping address. I will get your prize package out there right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, this past week, we honored the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, that space flight that first landed man on the moon. And in fact, if you go back to show 552, in order to celebrate the moon launch anniversary, looked at the past, present, and future of Disney and space from TV influencing America's space program to the silver screen, as well as the theme park attractions as well, and really Walt's involvement in the space program. And as part of the show, we talked about space-themed attractions and references in the Disney parks, including some that have evolved, added, changed, lost over the years. And of course, we talked about Space Mountain and some members of the space program who were involved in its either design or dedication. And over the years, Space Mountain has, like the space program, changed and evolved a little bit, including its sponsors. So this week, your trivia question is to tell me to name all of the sponsors of Space Mountain in Walt Disney World since opening day. Now, you have until Sunday, July 28th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the books, all seven of the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, the pop socket, and a WW Radio shirt. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I also want to thank and welcome all of the members of the WW Radio family. Please come be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com community. That is our Box People group on Facebook. It is warm, friendly, welcoming. We have snacks. Come by, introduce yourself. It's also the home of our weekly Facebook Live broadcast every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, which I have been doing since 2007, every single week. And it's one of the things I love the most because it's a way for us to really engage and communicate real time. Each week, we can talk about what's going on in the world of Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. You can ask questions. We'll play 20 questions. Oftentimes, there's contests and giveaways. It's also usually where I like to announce things first. So again, go to www.radio.com slash community. Be sure to turn on notifications and see first so you don't miss a thing. Speaking of community, I want to thank some of the longtime members and new members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your support and your love as well as being able to give back to you. I want to thank some of the members who've joined, the hundreds of you who are part of the Nation family including Michael Lichtman, Stephen Schools, Patrick Knapp, John Piasecki, Josh Olive, and Jason Knapp. I'm incredibly grateful to and for you. And if you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including new scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, magic band covers, logo gear, care packages, t-shirts, exclusive live video group calls, which are a lot different than the Facebook calls, 
as well as early and discounted access to special events, you can visit www.radio.com support. Don't forget that a portion of your contribution, which is completely optional, of course, goes to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Of course, you know that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. This Saturday, July 27th, is our annual WW Radio Day at the Water Park. We'll be at Typhoon Lagoon. We'll meet in the morning, make camp, and spend some of the day together with some fun and some sun and some food. If you haven't tried the mini donuts, I'm sure we'll make it happen. Stay tuned to the events page over at www.radio.com slash events. I will post there exactly where we'll be meeting. I'll put a little map so you know exactly where we will be. August, of course, is D23 Expo. We will be out on the show floor again in the Emporium, broadcasting all three days, of course, having some meetups, not only there at Expo, but we're going to try and do something in Disneyland, maybe the day or so before Expo begins. Again, www.radio.com slash events is where to find out about not only upcoming meets, but on-the-road events, cruises, adventures by Disney. You have some announcements coming up in those regards as well. Speaking of being on the road... I often do meetups when I travel to different cities to do presentations. And if I can come to speak to your business, your conference, your event, or even your school or your kid's school, visit LouMangelo.com. I can talk about everything from customer service and, and leadership lessons, using Disney as an example, social media, live video, podcasting, building community, as well as topics inspiring and practical, otherwise geared towards your business or students. I can even do virtual presentations. And I also want to try and help you individually turn what you love into what you do, your passion into your profession with personal mentoring, small group coaching, and of course, my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, September 28th and 29th. We are more than 50% sold out. I'll start announcing speakers this coming week. And I've also created a discount code just for you, my friend. If you use code WDW Radio 100, one word, you can save an additional $100 off the current price. Again, to find out more about any of those things, visit LouMangelo.com. Thanks to Becky Mankin and the entire team over at MouseFanTravel.com. They are my official and recommended travel provider. Whether you're going to any Disney or other destination on the planet, you know they give you incredible service, personal attention, all at no cost to you. Visit them at MouseFanTravel.com and then go to CelebrationsPress.com and subscribe in order to back issues to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. That is how we will organically and authentically continue to grow this family and community. So tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode, even if it's an old one, over on Facebook. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It is incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Adam M. Franklin, who says it's the best podcast in a growing competitive landscape. Adam, thank you so much for such a wonderful and extensive review. I'll just pull out some of the highlights. It says, WW Radio is by far the best Disney podcast in a sea of other Disney options. This field of quality podcasts and YouTube channels and shows and other mediums has grown tremendously over the past five years. However, you'll find none better 
than lose superbly produced and wildly entertaining WD Radio. Thank you very much. I know a lot of the people in the space, and I appreciate that because you're right. They all do an amazing job. He goes on to say that uh, none can match Lou's proven and time-tested product. The vast knowledge of all things Disney, especially the parks and resorts, is great for both the diehard Disney fan and the casual or first-time visitor to the world. He loves the historical segments, top tens, Becky's, and the biggest why, and the reason why he keeps coming back is because of Mr. Mangello. That was my dad. We'll just call me Lou. True passion and love for Disney that shines through with each episode, whether I'm talking about visiting the old House of Magic on Main Street at Magic Kingdom, tier, with his dad, big tears. One can immediately understand and feel what makes Disney so magical. So please give the podcast a listen. You won't regret it. Five stars, two thumbs up. Thank you so very much. Chris Anderson, 75, says it's a Disney lover's dream podcast. WWE Radio has changed my life. Wow. Lou's love and passion for all things Disney's make every episode fun to listen to. He helps me sit back, relax, and enjoy my day at work when I listen to him and his friends and family talk about the new things coming to the parks and the mouth-watering food reviews. Lou makes everybody feel welcome and makes everyone feel like a friend, whether we've met yet or not. So thank you so much for all that you've done and continue to do, Lou. Your hard work and dedication is greatly appreciated by this Disney enthusiast, Chris, Adam, everyone else who has left a review, a message, an email, a tweet, a comment. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you. And you don't know how much everything that you do, whether it is the time and the attention, which I know is so valuable, that you share with me by listening, by taking the time to comment or email or message me, means more to me than you know. And sometimes I think we forget that how a little gesture, a little bit of time, a little bit of attention or even gratitude towards somebody makes all the difference in the world. As a wise woman once said, remember, you're the one that can fill the world with sunshine. It's from Snow White and she's right. Sometimes you don't know the ripple effect that a simple smile, a kind word, a gesture can mean to somebody. And if we start to aggregate all those little things, all those little bits of sunshine, you might be surprised at what a positive difference it could have, not just on an individual, but in a much broader, grander sense. So thank you for filling my world with sunshine each and every day. I love you. I appreciate you. And I really do hope this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou Mangello. This is Julie Guevara from Spring, Texas. I am UDW Nation member. I started listening at the beginning of this year, January 2019, and immediately felt connected. And I have enjoyed being part of the Fox family and getting to know a lot of the regulars online as well as listening to the show. And I'm just so excited to be part of this community. I feel so blessed. And I just wanted to share that with you and let you know that I just listened to the most recent podcast. And um, I wanted to also let you know that I've heard you say my name a couple of times online. And I'm on the air, and it's so funny. I just wanted to let you know you're doing pretty good. It's, it's Del Angel, in, in, but in Spanish or in, Mex- in uh, Spanish it would be Del Angel. 
but you can certainly just say Julie Guevara. It doesn't have to be the full name. It's just my maiden name is on my Facebook account, so some old school friends can find me. But anyway, I'm just rambling. Um, I love the show. I'm, I have so much more to tell you. I also made a, a, a comment recently that you need an executive assistant, and I know one. Um, who just happens to be moving to Orlando. <laughs> um, anyway, I just love being part of the family. I'm looking forward to getting to know more and more Fox members and Nation members. I feel like I'm part of the family instantly, and I just look forward to bigger and better things. I can't wait to be able to take part in some of the, the WDW radio trips. Um, I even have my youngest son, who's about to turn 13, uh, getting totally excited about WBW radio events, and he wants to become part of the family, and he, in fact, he wanted to call in on this week's show, but I was like, wait a minute, we're, we're out in public, and we couldn't really devote a lot of time to it, but um, yeah, it's just, it's a full family affair, we love it, and we are so looking forward to next summer when we move down, and uh, which was all because of your show. <laughs> Honestly, we it was the encouragement and gave us the motivation to take that leap. It's been in our heart. It's been kind of creeping out, but we're taking the jump, and we're going to go for it, and we're so excited. Can't wait to be uh, local with uh, the rest of the Fox family or some of the Fox family, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Can't wait to meet everyone in person and get a handshake and a hug. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, PA. Um, I was homesick yesterday. We had an awesome summer cold going through my house. So I took the time to watch uh, Mary Poppins Returns and Race to Witch Mountain with Dwayne Johnson, and they were both really, really good. Um, I have to watch Mary Poppins again because I fell asleep for part of it, only because I was sick, not because it was boring. But I love the music, the Artwork reminds me of the original. There were so many references back to the original film. I love Jane and Michael. I swear Jane looks exactly the same but grown up. So I don't think it would be the same person. I feel like she would be older. But, <laughs> excuse me, really good casting. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I loved Jack. He was so cool. Anyway, um, Race to Witch Mountain was awesome. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Lots of action. Um, and I love the reference to Bullet in that movie because that's one of my favorite Steve McQueen movies. Anyway, it's Friday night, 7.30. All the dogs are fed and walked. I'm finally able to rest and start it all again tomorrow. So everybody have a great weekend. Stay cool. It's pretty hot up here in Pennsylvania. Make somebody smile, and I'll see you guys in the box on Wednesday night. Bye-bye.